Enjoy the convenience of seven days a week banking and extended hours with Cube from First Arkansas Bank and Trust, member FDIC. Now joined by Kevin McPherson, bidding on his hoop scoop, courtesy of Hogville.net. Are you ready, Kevin, for this showdown in Rupp Arena? Well, I, you know, I'm ready to observe what happens. I, you know, the big question is, is Arkansas ready? You know, I've got some conflicting messages watching this team at South Carolina. Number one, they finally got on the winning side on a, in a road game. But I thought there was a significant backslide on both offense and defense in that second half. And if you look at that game as a whole against a poor team, I mean, arguably the worst team among all high majors in college basketball, Arkansas didn't play as well for two halves as it did in its previous two road games at Missouri and at Baylor, two very good teams, especially at home. Um, so Arkansas gets over the hump and gets a win. So there may be intrinsic value there that that flows over into this game. But when I watched that second half and rewatched it and think about some of the problems Arkansas had all year, they didn't really help themselves. Now, they did find a way to win. Uh, but, but I think it was enough of a conflicting message, even though they picked up that win, to wonder what team's showing up tonight. Uh, because I think, if anything, you wanted to continue to build on two halves of strong basketball that you had in the previous two real games. Even though you desperately needed that win and finally got it, you know, that second half was dicey at both ends. And I thought, you know, the Hogs played like a team that wasn't sure that it deserved to pick up that first road win of the season. Although, down the stretch in the last few possession guys, they did kind of drill down to what their team strengths are to get finally get over the hump. And, and part of that, too, was South Carolina is an inept team. They made their share of mistakes down the stretch, too. That, but a win is a win. I don't want to overstate Arkansas struggles in that second half, but I want to bring them up because that threw me off just a little bit as we move into this game, you know, basically three days later at Kentucky. Kevin, it seems like when Arkansas gets a lead and they get down to five or six minutes to go, regardless home, road, wherever it is, they quit attacking the basket. Mm-hmm. They, just, they just stop. And uh, and then the next thing you know, with five seconds to go on the shot clock, they're getting a poor shot. That happened at South Carolina, and that's part of why South Carolina was able to come back. In a game like Kentucky, don't you think they would figure, if they're ahead or behind, whichever it is, you've got to be aggressive against a team like Kentucky. Am I incorrect? That's right. Well, just look at the first half against South Carolina. Arkansas yeah. shoots 57% in the field. Right. They attack the basket. They only take five three-pointers, and, and those were all by Debo Davis. He made two of them. But, look, in addition to that, the team was throwing that one-three zone in Arkansas in the first half, and they were moving the ball with a pass, a lot of yes. good passes into the high post, free throw line extended, down in the mid post, guys cutting to the basket. There was more of that. In the second half, Arkansas stopped attacking with pass and just kind of dribbled on the perimeter. And like you yep. said, Rick, yep. waited till they got deep in the shot clock. And then they took half-hearted threes. You know they didn't want to take them. They weren't comfortable, but that's all they were left with. So they doubled their attempts, going 2 of 10. Devo makes both of those. Um, and, and it's just one of those situations where Arkansas finally turned it on after Carolina had that 10-0 run to take a one-point lead. Uh, with about four minutes left, and Arkansas starts attacking. And Anthony Black gets the free throw line, drove in, missed, got his own rebound, gets fouled, makes two free throws. The lead seesaw, but each time Arkansas would regain a one-point lead, it was Anthony Black or, or, or Ricky Council driving to the basket and, and getting close in for shots. So 
you're right. What, this is the strength of the team. It's something that's well-known. Yes, Devo Davis has improved as a three-point shooter. He ended up 4 of 10 against South Carolina. But, guys, he took only 12 shots in that game. As good as he's been, even though that was 40%, even though he's elevated his three-point shooting, you're better served when Devo Davis at least half his shots or more are coming on drives and pull-ups in the mid-range. I mean, you know, you're rolling the dice expecting him to kind of be your designated three-point shooter and taking, you know, 90% of his attempts from behind the arc. I don't think that's a winning formula in most games. And I certainly keep an eye on that tonight when the Hogs play Kentucky, a much better team than South Carolina, even though South Carolina uh, has one of the two losses that Kentucky has at home was one of the teams to defeat Kentucky on its home court. That's the fluke of the year. That is the fluke of the year. Kentucky had to have taken that game like – because the game before, they lost by 42 to Tennessee. Kentucky probably looking at the video said, boy, is this going to be easy. And South Carolina played their best game of the year, and it wasn't. You know, South Carolina almost had its second best game there against Arkansas. Yep. We talked yep. about You're Arkansas's exactly poor right. offense. You're right. But the defense wasn't very good in that second half. You're right. After holding South Carolina to 33% in the first half, Arkansas gave up over 50, right around 50% in the second half, including 46% for three. We know Michi Johnson got hot. And Arkansas really struggled with that two-man game defending him and his craftiness, as well as the big man, Josh Gray, who went off for a career game, 20 points, yeah. 14 rebounds. Most of the scoring was dunk, were dunks. And when you're coming up against Oscar Sheboy in a Kentucky team that's actually better than both A&M and South Carolina, which are two strong offensive rebounding teams, that was Carolina's only feather, was that it was a strong re- offensive rebounding team coming into that game. But this team's even better. And so you, the, the two positives are when you look, they're negative and positive. When you look at A&M and Carolina, they combined for 37 offensive rebounds. On the flip side, uh, Arkansas was only minus six in second chance points when you combine those games, and so if you're going to get slaughtered on the on the offensive glass tonight, you hope that you can at least stay within range on second chance points. The other problem all those offensive rebounds does, guys, is it prevents your offense from having more possessions because it takes up more game clock as teams recycle part of their shot clock and get another opportunity. Trey, how Trey? Kevin, how far out do you see this team playing a complete game? Uh, I mean, I think it's going to take more than just whether it be Jalen Graham stepping up tonight, Ricky Council stepping up tonight. I think it's going to take a total team effort, but I think it's going to take a total team effort on both ends. I mean, you're going to have to protect the boards. Sheboy is averaging right at 14 rebounds a game. He's especially active on the uh, offensive end. And uh, how far out do you see this team from playing a complete game? And that's a loaded question, and I'll tell you why. Because between games where they completely have a, a, just a mass, an onslaught of turnovers, whether they're getting double-digit de- deficits and second-half free-throw shooting attempts, which means a lot of fouling, and sometimes those things are happening at the same, in the same games, and then just the fact that this team doesn't really have a floor spacer unless they're playing Joe's opinion. So but they really struggle. So I don't know, Randy, that there is one inside. You know, uh, every time Nick Smith Jr.'s name comes up in the possible return, I talk about him being that one guy that can help change a lot of things. And it may take something like that for Arkansas to get into complete game, you know, status at some point. I just think it's going to take. 
them all tonight. All right, uh, who, Kevin, I, I kind of threw that out as a teaser of Jalen Graham, at 16 the other night, 8 of 10 shooting. Uh, who's the X factor tonight for Arkansas? It's a big question. You know, they, they really needed his offense in that game. Uh, it helped Arkansas get going in that first half and go on a run and, and take a double-digit lead against South Carolina. He scored 12 first-half points. He did get a couple of baskets in that second half. But 21 minutes, only two rebounds and three turnovers. And so, you know, you like Jalen Graham's offense. I know Eric Mosman would love to see him get more consistent and more of a, have more of an impact in some of the blue-collar areas that help you win games and really has been the recipe for Arkansas's turnarounds in the last couple of years. So X-Factors here in February – you always wonder how much of an X factor can a Graham be other than giving you maybe some offense. And if he's off on that end, he may not see much playing time. You know, the Mitchell twins combined for a triple-double, which included 10 block shots against A&M. And then against Josh Gray, they were very ineffective as Arkansas really scrambled trying to defend him inside. They combined for seven points, six rebounds, and a block shot. So you, you don't know game to game what you're going to get from them. So X factor – could be a guy like a Jordan Walsh. Ten rebounds in this last game. He didn't score a lot, but if he can hit the glass and help Arkansas take care of that end, he just might be an X factor when you look at what he can do defensively if he stays out of foul trouble. You know, giving Arkansas, uh, you know, some supplemental scoring to help support their top scores, and then hopefully he has another game where he's attacking that glass like he did against Carolina. This is obviously not the same quality of team, uh, but it's. Definitely, when you're looking, when you're talking about road games, you, you've got to win your share of blue-collar battles, or you're probably not coming home with a win. Uh, this from Savage. He says, from our Asher Record Service Company, live-in feedback. Uh, so, Kevin, you saw the South Carolina and Kentucky game. So what's the blueprint for a win tonight, and how do you – how do you – how do you – their center away from the basket. How do you, I guess? How do you keep their center away from the basket? And that is Oscar Sheboy. Yeah, I mean, Arkansas doesn't have a Jalen Williams where you can pull a big man away because of because you have to defend a Jalen Williams who can knock down threes and who can pass the ball anywhere from you know high or low. So he was a matchup problem for teams. And so even though some of these guys like Sheboy last year it was Walker Kessel with Auburn. Uh, Castleton from Florida. Those guys had good games, but so did Jalen Williams. He had double-doubles in all those games. Arkansas doesn't have that kind of a, a, a versatile big man to dictate the matchup with the sheep boy. You just got to do it by committee. Arkansas's bigs play around the basket. Jalen Graham's the lone exception. He can take you to the free throw line extended and start his offense from there, but he, he can't shoot from there. He's got to back guys down, get into spin moves. So Arkansas doesn't have a lot of front-line versatility with that loss to Trevor in Brazil. We knew it would be that way, matching up in the league. I just don't think there's a front-line piece to it uh, to, to change dynamics to take Sheboy away from what he likes. Arkansas is just going to have to <laughs> cobble it together and figure out a way to try to neutralize the best that they can. And he can have an off night. You know, you talk about what happened at South Carolina. That was uh, Kentucky lost two consecutive games at that time. They've won six straight in league play. They do have the... Big 12 SEC Challenge home loss uh, to, to a top 10 ranked Kansas team the weekend before last. Uh, so they're, you know, they are beatable in Rep Arena. All right. Hang on, Kevin. 
That is Kevin McPherson, better known as Hoop Scoop, courtesy of Hogville.net. Rick Schaefer, I'm Randy Rainwater. Drive Time Sports will continue. Drive Time Sports, tapped with refreshing sports opinion on the Buzz Radio Network. Drive Time Sports on the Buzz Radio Network. Rick Schaefer, I'm Randy Rainwater, joined again by Kevin McPherson. Very known as Hoop Scoop, courtesy of Hogville.net. Let's check in with Ron. Ron, good afternoon. You got a question or comment for Kevin? Yeah, Randy. Um, Kevin, um, I'm all over the board, you know, Hog Sports, and I don't know if you get on it very much, uh, Twitter and stuff like that. And it's a little smoke lately with uh, Nick Smith. You know, we've been talking about this for a month and a half. You know, everybody's wondering when's Nick going to get back. And let's just be honest. With this team right now, we need a, a guy just like him, a guy that can get to the to the rim when we need him to, a guy that can hit you a, a three, much-needed three, along with the way Devo's playing right now. Uh, and, uh, I mean, it's going to – you add a Nick Smith right now, and if he's productive, I mean, we're all of a sudden at the top, I'm going to say, 10 teams. Um, it's a big piece. And in basketball, it's a little different than football. You just need one or two players uh, can make a huge difference. Uh, I don't need to be telling you that. You know that. But um, anyway, with all the smoke going on, I, I don't want to put you on the spot, but what do you know about Nick? Uh, or, I mean, I'm hearing – I've been hearing maybe tonight. I don't think tonight, but uh, maybe in one of the next three games for sure. I don't think that he can sit back and wait till tournament time and just come right back in. I think he's got to come back in some – you know, sometime here pretty soon, if he's going to fit in this year. So uh, tell me what you know uh, about that situation. Uh, everybody wants to know that. I mean, that's that's really what everybody wants to talk about because if we do get him, we're going to take off. And you got to remember, Muss is thirteen and one in uh, February. So um, just kind of comment on that. Tell you, tell me what you uh, know about that. Sure. Okay. So. I'm gonna let's not shortchange Muss and the Hogs. They're fourteen and one after that South Carolina win in February. Okay. Uh so they're looking for that fifteenth win in their last sixteen February games, and that goes back two seasons ago. Uh Nick Smith Jr. will not be playing tonight against Kentucky. I think a, you know, I, I do think we're gonna see him compete again as a razorback, and I think it could be in short order. Uh, I'm gonna leave it at that. Uh, I'm not trying to break any news tonight or shortchange Eric Mussman and his next opportunities possibly tonight to address it and give updates. Uh, we'll see what happens there, but I do think we're going to see Nick Smith Jr. again compete as a Razorback. Uh, I could be wrong about that, but I don't I don't think I will be. Um, and I do think it'll be um, considerably sooner than the, <laughs> the start of the SEC tournament. But, again, let's see how things shake out. This was always part of the plan was for him to return to the team and play again. I've said it so many times that it was his intention, his family's intention, his agent's intention. Uh, there would be no games being played. He'd have been long gone, thousands of miles away, getting ready for the NBA draft. That'd be the smartest thing for him to do if that was his sole goal in his next endeavor. It's always been to play again for the Razorbacks. He's come back multiple times dealing with this issue, and I think there's just one more run in there for him. Uh, so, you know, that, that to me, I think, you know, we keep saying it. I've said it a bunch. If, if Arkansas hasn't lost Nick Smith Jr. and Trevor in Brazil uh, coming out of out of out of non-conference play, 
this is likely a two or three loss team and rank in the top five nationally. With just one of those guys, I think it's a three or four loss team. I think that's how much they meant in terms of what they bring. And we talk about Nick Smith Jr. as a scorer at all three levels, and he's a facilitator. But one thing he does, he draws a lot of fouls, he gets the free throw line a lot, and he's an 80-plus percent shooter from there. There are so many things that he changes um, on the court. And, you know, you could go down the list with Trevor Brazil as well. We know there's not a possibility of getting him back, so I don't talk about him as much. Let's see what happens. But, I, again, just to punctuate the question with an answer, I do think Arkansas gets Nick Smith Jr. back in the playing capacity, uh, you know, at some point here soon. Hey, Kevin, um, one other thing. Um, we're playing Kentucky tonight, and, you know, you've seen it as much as me. Uh, the one thing that's frustrated me really a lot this year is the, is the SEC officials on the road. They don't give you really a fair chance sometimes. I mean, you've seen it, I've seen it. And I think tonight we're going to have to be given that fair chance where they leave the whistles in their mouth a little bit. And uh, don't call it a little tic-tac foul, you know, that's not even really a foul at times. So um, if that happens, we'll, we'll be able to stay in the game. Uh, I think you saw a whole different game called at the A&M game. And Arkansas, again, if we would have took care of the ball a little better, we would have won by 20. But yet if they call all these little fouls like they have in the past on the road games, we don't have a chance or not much of a chance. So I think that – that needs addressed too. Sometimes I can just yeah. come back and say, we made a mistake, but that ain't going to help you after the game's already ruled a win or a loss. So, um, anyway, that that's something that's frustrating me this year. And hey, and last thought with the, I know losing Brazil was tough, no doubt, but we got enough people. We got two more five stars. You got a recent council that's going to be drafted. You've got the Mitchell twins um, and Graham. I mean, we've got enough pieces. If you do get Nick, you know, losing Brazil is tough. But we've got enough to fill that in, you know. Uh, more talent than I think we've really ever had in a long time. So, um, I don't know. I think uh, tonight it's going to be tough to win. But if the game is called like it should be, Arkansas could pull this out by two or three points. But anyway, have a good night, and I appreciate it. Thanks, Thanks. By the way, guys. If, if Arkansas wins tonight, this will be the first ever three-game winning streak for Arkansas against Kentucky. I don't know if y'all been talking about that or not. No, we haven't, but they have won the last two, and when you figure they've only won 13 overall against Kentucky, it makes sense that they've never won three in a row before. <laughs> yeah, just look at the – all you have to do is look at the records, and you don't have to drill down too deep to make that assumption. Right. Uh, you know, it's interesting. The last time Arkansas swept Kentucky in a home-and-away series – and you know, which is the same season of games, yeah. because Arkansas doesn't get home and away with Kentucky very often. But it was in 2013-14. Mm-hmm. Both of those games went to overtime. Everybody remembers the Michael Qualls putback dunk yeah. to put Arkansas, you know, last under a second, put Arkansas in the winner's circle in, at Bud Walton Arena. That was wild. But the, but the game in Lexington also went also yeah. went to overtime, and Arkansas won that. So uh, that was a season similar to this one where both teams were had NIT resumes. Right now, both teams are on the bubble. Not quite NIT resumes, but they're not far off from it. Lenardi, Joe Lenardi of ESPN, his updated bracketology, has them as the last two teams to receive first-round buys, which means the two 11 seeds that don't have to play in those first four playing games, that'll determine the other two 11 seeds. So they're both dangerously close. They're on the bubble, but dangerously close 
to move it in the wrong direction. Obviously, I think Kentucky, this is a bigger game for Kentucky in terms of you got to protect home court. Yep. Uh, it's also big for Arkansas, absolutely, to get that second road win, pick up their second quad one win of the season potentially, and then you've won a game away from home against a quad one opponent. Similar to you know, the San Diego State game, the other quad one win was also away from Bud Walton Arena. So now if you do that, you're starting to improve your ability to win away from home in the eyes of a committee later on. Still a lot of basketball left, but both of these teams are on the bubble. Last year in February when they played in Fayetteville, they were both nationally ranked and playing more for national prestige. Right now, they're playing for maybe not getting missing the NCAA tournament. All right, Kev, this from our Asher Record Service Company live feed and feedback. Uh, Hall Call says Kentucky's playing much better, coming together. See them winning by 10 tonight, unless a different Arkansas team shows up. Cuts down the turnovers. Turnovers will do them in unless they improve a bunch. Just give the ball up too much to beat a good team on the road. Yeah, this Kentucky team takes care of the basketball. 16 assists per game, only 11 or so turnovers per game, but they don't turn teams over at a high rate either. So Arkansas has so many self-inflicted wounds, that's the concern. You know, you don't have to be a great team getting steals and enforcing turnovers when you play Arkansas sometimes, but if you're good at, in your own right at protecting the ball and facilitating on the other end while you're protecting it, that could, that could be a problematic for Arkansas. The fouling situation is another obvious concern you know, based on Arkansas's road problems before South Carolina. You know, and I think the other thing, obviously, we talked about offensive rebounds. But here's something interesting. This Kentucky team is top 50 in the country in three-point field goal percentage, over 36%. But they make between only six and seven per game, guys. I almost wonder if you want them to shoot a lot of threes and try to keep them from attacking the rim and attacking that offensive glass in close range. All right, Kevin, we will talk with you Friday, Friday. All right, thank you, Kevin. Kevin McPherson, submitted on his hoop scoop, courtesy of hogville.net.